everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, we're going to talk to David Locke coming up here momentarily, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Uh, he's going to join us for the entire 5 o'clock hour, so very much looking forward to that. And, uh, Gordon, we have not gotten David's reaction on the athletic story last week and Rudy's response over the weekend, so I'm curious to see or to hear, I suppose, how he's digesting all of that information. Yeah, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. When we have a chance to have David on for for a full hour, man, this is uh, this is going to be a treat. So uh, we'll ask him about that, but we can ask him about all kinds of things. Uh, I'll try to avoid uh, asking him whether he prefers a bidet or not, but uh, we'll, we'll get to a lot of other You didn't need things. to bring that up again. That was yesterday's show. Did that need to come up again today? <laughs> Not absolutely necessary, no. But I'm thinking about getting one, so it may be some of mine. Are you mm. going to install it yourself? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, although maybe I could, I could figure that out, you think? No, no, I don't. <laughs> Probably a bad idea. <laughs> no. I, bet you, I bet you Lisa could figure it out. Yeah, there's no doubt. She's... She's got a good mind for fixing things. Is that what you say when you just defer every time? Like, oh, I'd help, but, you know, you just, you know how to do it so much better, you know. I'll be taking, well, a, na- I'll be taking a nap. <laughs> this is a compliment to Lisa, but she, she, she takes on those kinds of things as challenges. And uh, she's got a good mechanical mind when it comes to putting things together although i'll tell you when the kids were younger i used to i used to help uh i used to help build things for example oh uh, well, i don't know there's nothing anybody cares about but i, I no, used we, to, we just an example that's all like uh the what do you call those games with the with little soccer dudes that you spin them around what's it called foosball Foosball. Yeah, I helped build a foosball table once. That's a great game. I love foosball. You're surprisingly good at ping pong. Are you a foosball player? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty good at that. Are you? Mm-hmm. See, I don't, uh, I don't, I'm not so sure I believe in that one. Uh, when, when do you spin it? <laughs> you mean spin the, the little dudes around so that when they kick the ball? Yeah. I. Uh, Spin, uh, it's a little more calculated than just random spinning. How so? But, uh, well, I'm not one of those guys who's just spinning the spinning the handle around and around because there's more efficient ways to play that game. It might be a little known fact, but it, it is. Because if you spin it at all, you're not good at foosball. <laughs> okay. All right. If there's any spinning involved. Yeah, is that one of those games game. that you played at the frat house when you were in college? I played a lot of foosball in college. Yeah, did you? I did. And, and I imagine you'd be pretty good. You're cool. I'm okay. I'm not. I'm not as good as there. There are definitely some others that are. They're a lot better than me. But I, I'm okay. What sport were you best at? Was it tennis or baseball or or, eh, or something else? Probably tennis. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
But yeah, I spent a lot of time playing foosball. My grades suffered at times because of that game. People might not know this, but David uh, David Locke was, uh, I think, a decent baseball player. Did you know that? I did not know that. He was on his college roster. Yeah. He was on a. Did David play college baseball? I didn't say played, but was on a roster. Yeah. That counts. I believe he was a pitcher, right, Gordon? Uh, I th- I'm not 100 percent sure. I've forgotten that. Wow, but I, I had do, no idea. I do. Yeah, David's an accomplished athlete. He and, and obviously terrific skier. Oh yeah, I've been skiing with David. He's a terrific oh, skier. Yeah. yeah, I mean he's uh-huh. he's really good. Like I, I'm not a I'm not a bad skier. I'm not a great skier by any means. But I mean David dragged me all over the mountain and his and he has passed that on to his kids obviously yeah. who also oh his son terrific, his, terrific athletes yeah his son's they've played multiple class. sports golf tennis skiing yep. a lot of that mm-hmm. so david at a, was, high, at a high level so that that doesn't usually just come out of nowhere david was a was a pitcher then because i was going to make a strike zone joke but maybe that's not well he still like, probably had to hit right uh <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm just saying it's not the, the, the biggest strike zone in the world. Uh, was that? Are you making fun of David's height? I'm just saying he's not 6'7". Oh. Well, uh, let's pass that along to him when he comes on our show. I, I, I'm not sure that he's going to take that as a compliment. <laughs> no, well, he's not sensitive about that, is he? Why do you have to make this awkward? <laughs> You're the one that said it, not me. Don't blame that on me. David's not I've the tallest all, guy I know. Correct. He's okay, but he's he's powerfully built. David is. Don't well, you think? Yeah, he was a college baseball player. That's a lot better than I did. <laughs> a lot better than you did too. Well, I know, but if you had tried, you probably could have played. Nope. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Okay, they quit making fun of me. There's a little more to it. Is that how you feel about your sports career? Well, if I would have tried. (laughs) Didn't you learn somewhere along the way that that's what you have to say? No, I I always say can't win, don't try. (laughs) Okay. I think you probably, you could have played college tennis somewhere probably. I don't know about that. You have to be really good to play college sports. As you know, you've uh, raised a few college athletes. It's not easy. Mm -hmm. Nope. Not easy at all. And the commitment that it takes on the athlete's part is, uh, well, greatly underestimated by some. And you have to have talent, which well, is not helps. something that uh, that I possessed a ton of in any of my sports. If you could have played any one sport in college at, uh, you know, some small school somewhere, some Division Three. Would it have been tennis? No, golf. You're you're a good basketball player. I don't know about good, but golf. You're better, I, at, you're better at tennis than you are at golf. Oh yeah, that's true. But what does it have to do with being good? You said if I could pick one. I mean, playing, oh, I playing thought, golf. I, thought and, I, I was associating it with the talent. That oh, you oh, oh I, I thought you were just saying pick a sport. If you could pick a sport, you would ideally play in college. I mean, golf, that'd be living the dream, right? You, you probably could have played uh, a small college basketball, maybe. Oh, no? no, I couldn't even make Skylines team. Oh, really? No. Hmm. All right. You're either way underestimating how hard it is to be a college athlete or way overestimating my ability. 
I was thinking of a small school somewhere, but like there's an NAIA school. Well, there's a lot of good. There's a lot of good. Uh, I remember one time playing in a in a run uh, in California when I was there, and uh, the guy we were playing against, he was a division. I think I don't think it was NAIA. I think it was Division Two All American, and he was good. Man, he was good. Yeah. There's a lot of good players. You have out to be there, really good to play at that level. I mean, mm-hmm. you, here's the, I, have you ever played in the pro am for the Utah Championship uh, when no, it rolls through I, town? Uh, I avoided that on purpose. Where they? Why? I didn't I, want to. I played in it once and it was awesomely fun. What do you mean you didn't want to? Anywho, I mean, did, but playing uh, with a professional at that level, you know, that's not PGA Tour. That's a step below. Uh, the 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 pro we played with was unreal. I mean, just yeah. so unbelievably good at golf. Mm-hmm. It just makes you appreciate like how good you would actually have to be to be on the PGA Tour. Oh, there's there's no doubt about that. Wait, are you, you you're me? too good to play in a pro event for a professional golf tour? No, not too good. Probably too bad. You're too cool. Not not your no. not your the, your game. <laughs> I'm saying you're like oh no, I can't be bothered with that. Really? No, no, not that. Was I my just attitude didn't at want all. to. Hmm. No, no, <laughs> no. I, I don't. I think I I probably would be a danger to any spectators nearby. Well, it's not like there's a gallery for the pro am. <laughs> I'm just talking about the event they play on Tuesday. You know, like where they match. Nobody up. comes out to watch. No. Who are you paired with? I, uh, you know what? I I'd have to go home. I I still have the guy's name because they give us a little plaque and there's a picture or whatever, but I can't remember. Hmm. All right. Well, I certainly uh, can uh, vouch for how good some of those golfers are. I, I remember playing. Uh, I, I remember a hole that uh, that uh, Bob Casper was at, and you could either buy his shot or or take your own. And uh, Bob could just it, it seemed like he could stick it anywhere he wanted on the on the green. I, I think, mean, I, I I was so impressed with his ability to do that. Didn't want to play, huh? I didn't know, not because I thought I was too cool, but I'm because I think maybe I, you my weren't game, invited my, and now you're just my, playing no, defense. No, no, my game, my, what I'm saying is the exact opposite of what you're saying. I, it, I, I, the, my reason was I wasn't good enough to so, represent well. And besides, I probably would have worn like an Oscar the Grouch t shirt and, and would have been, you know escorted off the course let's get out of the sprint special guest line at sprint they make it safe and easy to get what you need online uh, visit sprint.com for online services and local store availability joining us now the radio voice of the utah jazz going to hang out with us for the entire five o'clock hour our good friend david Locke. what's up david how are you Hey, we are great. This is working well. We're 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 kind of taping stuff together where we have a video conference with David as opposed to the traditional phone line. And David, uh, speak for us. Let's let's just drink in how good this quality is. Well, I have to look at Austin the whole time though, so this is really disturbing. <laughs> like, you're ha- like all I get is a view of Austin and his um, diminishing belly because he's doing such a great job during quarantine of um, eating better with his blue gloves on while running the board so that he's staying safe. Um, and his, uh, yeah, I, I, that's what I get right now. I get off David's not under oath because uh, some of that was not <laughs> accurate. Is the belly not diminishing? No, no, I, I don't know. 
Hey, who's worried about a diet at a time? Not like me. This? Never yeah, happened. Right. Yeah. Eat away. How How are you doing, David? How's How's life? You guys doing all right? You holding up all right? Yeah, I'm losing lots of weight. This is great. Like I'll be in the best. I'll be if we ever get to go bike out on trails. I'll be in the best shape I've been in in a long time. Now, David, we were discussing your athleticism uh, before you came on with us. And uh, I, and tell tell Jake what a good athlete you were, and don't be modest. Tell, you were you were accomplished athlete, what in baseball and in in, uh, in 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 certainly in skiing, right? So, Jake, I was so good that if you played in a small private school league where there barely are enough kids to field a team, <laughs> I was conference player of the year. And then I went and played Division Three baseball because every other scout in the world realized I wasn't any good and had an ERA that was a California zip code. And if you know anything about California zip code, that's not good. So by the end of my sophomore year of college, after wearing a uniform for two years, I would like to say I played, but I would say I wore a uniform for two years. I moved on and decided to get into broadcasting. So when your three pitcher pitches are slow, slower, and slowest, <laughs> you don't have much of a career. Hey, college baseball is college baseball. You played, man. Yeah. I'd be proud yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they don't really cut you at Division three schools. They just don't want you there too long. <laughs> just want you to get out of the way uh, uh david yeah but you've passed on to your kid your kids are all really good athletes and so you, you know you've got you've got some some good things that you're adding to the mix they might be able to hear me right now so i won't make my usual joke but yeah i won't because they can hear me i think they're in the other room I can I can give I can discredit them too, but I don't think that's that's bad parenting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they work hard. How's that? Uh, well, you know, they work hard, and they're both in sports with limited people have limited access, so it helps your chances. David, let's talk a little Utah Jazz, and I, I love this that we have the whole hour really to to dive into stuff. But we haven't had you on since the Athletic Report last Friday, and since Rudy responded uh, on Instagram over the weekend. How are you digesting what we're hearing coming out uh, about the relationship between Rudy and Donovan? Okay, so other than the one line, which obviously was real, that like. I'm not trying to discredit Tony or Shams or anything. I'm just trying to get everyone's perspective on this. So there was the one line that said it might not be salvageable, right? That's the one. Was there anything else in that that people didn't know? I, I One thing I didn't know, David, is I didn't know the, the description of the meeting with Dennis and Justin and others uh, involved in the jazz. I knew that the jazz were ahead of the curve as far as educating about covid 19 but i didn't know that i didn't know the extent the details of how they had met together to discuss it and discuss its ramifications on the league yeah so i mean i think um you know quinn had quinn or dennis or justin i don't know who it was frankly i just saw quinn walk them in so i don't know who um they had a bunch of doctors in um shoot around before Maybe the Toronto game on the ninth. So they had a lot. I, I'm, I'm guessing just kind of looking back at the calendar. Um, so they had, you know, they they were they were on it. And, I, and I've said this before. I think the two stories that have not been talked about enough. And maybe this is me being a homer, but I actually just think there's some truth to it. Uh, one is the whole story about Rudy touching the microphones. OK, that's fine. 
And that was not the smartest thing ever for Rudy to do, certainly. And it definitely has damaged his uh, how he's looked at. But where were the reporters? And why were the microphones on the desk? Social distancing before it was cool. Right. Way before. Like, we didn't. That was early. The second one is, like, if you go look up, and I'm not, this is tough because it sounds like I'm criticizing, and I'm really not criticizing. But if you go look up Marcus Smart, and I don't know that these are related at all. These are just facts. Injury report, illness, he shows up in March. Mm -hmm. If you search Christian Wood, injury report, illness, he shows up in March. Rudy Gobert had a slight fever that went away. And I, from everything I understand, like if he had tested negative, was planning to play that night. Like he was healthy. So the Jazz were very aggressive, whether it was Mike Elliott, Eric Waters, Quinn Snyder, I don't know, in Oklahoma City in testing Rudy because he basically had his symptoms. They went away and he would have wanted to play that night. No differently than... It seems Marcus Smart or Christian Wood may have earlier in the process when they had what may have been COVID. I don't know. I mean, there's just so much we don't know, right? Um, you know, the fact that Donovan was asymptomatic means I don't know anything on him. Like, I don't like we like there's no way to know, right? Um, I don't even I don't know. Like, I don't know if they kept testing him or things like that. So I only know of one test, right? Um so there's just so much you don't know, but I think that's what's interesting on this is that there was a, a those two items I think are really interesting to me on how early the Jazz reacted to this situation, and then you know unfortunately I think they they obviously got some sort of an impact on that. There, there is no doubt, David. What you said is absolutely correct, and the Jazz were ahead of the curve. They were on top of it. Quinn had talked to his team. He had talked to play. He tried to educate them way before I think the the, the average in the NBA. And so this irony that the Jazz are associated with it because of the way the test happened and came back positive, then people kind of might have the impression that, hey, they weren't being responsible, and, and they were. They were way in front of the curve. Yeah, and, I, you know, obviously, as the article talked about, there's the tie to Seattle. It was the first impact. First impact. But Quinn was – we had a lot of conversations. Eric Waters, Jazz trainer, and I had a lot of conversations about it. Um, I'm trying to think back about – dinners or time I um, or other places where we might have had some more conversations about it uh, on that previous road trip. And we we had all spent a lot of time together, right? We left on March 1st and returned on March 7th and spent a great deal of time. And it's funny, I was looking back through my pictures today. There's also this other element. As much as the Jazz were on top of it and as much as a lot of us like were talking about it, okay, I'm looking back through my pictures today and I've got pictures of Boston – Massachusetts, empty shelves everywhere. So that's, I took that on March 5th, walking around in Boston and like there's, you know, Windex and, and some Clorox and I'm looking at it right now and four shelves of pure emptiness taking place. Like there's a really interesting disconnect between kind of we knew in our heart of hearts like our actions were clearly showing that we knew something was going on like i've got this picture right i've got this picture of 
of Quinn Snyder hosting a press conference with social distancing. And then my next picture is in Boston um, of all of the picture of all of the, you know, uh, empty shelves in various stores that I was sending home saying like, wow, look at this. This is crazy. So like, clearly we knew something massive was going on. We just didn't react really. So, David, taking this back to to Donovan and Rudy again for uh, for a second, it, do you agree with me? I I feel like this maybe. I mean, there may be some conflict there. I mean, Rudy basically admitted to as much, and and you were there that night at Oklahoma City. I mean, there's there's some trauma there. That's an extreme circumstance. I can understand why feelings would would come to the surface, but I think eventually this works itself out because one, I think they both want to win, and two, they have every incentive to work it out together financially and otherwise. Your thoughts on that? So you have young men in a really scary circumstance with an experience they've never had before, right? Right. right. Who then get put in isolation, right? Who then are not able to do what they do best in the world, which every single minute of each of their lives for the last, um, you know, I'm sure they relax a little too, but really, truly, every minute of their lives for the last Rudy's last 12, Donovan's last 10 have been about, being great basketball players. And now they can't play basketball. So they're in a really strange space of life right now. Scared, uncertain, you know, uncomfortable, angst. Uh, you know, I, I, not to make it about me, but I'm 49 years old. And I, I, like I've blown it a few times recently, right? Like I've been in conversations where I misread the room really, really badly because of the angst that I was under forgetting the angst somebody else was under, right? Like I just blew it. Um, And so then you couple all that with like, what is Rudy and Donovan's connection? They're brilliant basketball players, unbelievably brilliant basketball players. Donovan jumps on Rudy and puts the water bottle on top of him. When, when they are brilliant together and they share a moment and they win a game together and they, in a moment of stress and pressure on the floor at what they're great at, they do something together and they have a collective moment. Those, by definition, are impossible right now. There are not two guys that are going to get on the phone and talk every day. Like, that's Donovan and Royce, right? That was Howell and Rudy. Like, everyone, like I haven't talked to a bunch of people all the time. Like, I've tried to stay in touch, but, right? Like, Jake, if you and I had a spat, we get along, but, like, we don't talk a lot, so we'd just be pissed at each other, right? right. Like, that's how it would work. Yep. So, and then we'd need a collective moment together and get over it. Well, by definition right now, nobody gets collective moments, and so it's just a really tough circumstance and a and a and a, in, in a unique script that's just very different than anything we've ever experienced before. David, uh, nobody has watched Donovan and Rudy on the court together more than you, at least nobody outside the team itself. How do you think their games fit together and moving forward? Hey, hey Gordon, what, real quick, we're we're up against it, and this is this is going to be a really good answer from David. Can we tease this and, and get to it next when we have time to really cover? All right, this I just let me ask it, and then we'll yeah. we'll go on. But David, uh, well, I'm interested in your uh, evaluation of the way they fit together because this other stuff is going to be taken care of. It it has to be like Jake was talking about, like you were talking. About, I think it's going to be taken care of. But I'm interested in your diagnosis of their match on the court together. 
We'll get to that coming up right around the corner. We'll get to David's thoughts on that as David's going to be with us for the whole hour, so we have plenty of time uh, to get into all of this. Let's get out of the zone phone right now. Joining us from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he's our good friend Andrew Reinhardt that's still out there helping our listeners, you know, with their relationships. And, you know, Andrew, at times like these, relationships can be strained. Don't let ED be one of the reasons why. Yeah, that, that's a great point. Um, it can be strained right now. There's a lot of stress. And uh, when it comes to erectile dysfunction, having to take that pill causes so much more stress, i found. You think it would be an easy solution, but what happens is guys try to time it. Okay, should I take it now? Um, Then they have to take a little bit more and a little bit more. They deal with more and more side effects. So they're playing this big balancing game. And that stress doesn't help things when it comes time, you know, to be intimate. So uh, all of that equates to severe erectile dysfunction that gets worse. We at Wasatch Medical have found, I think it's the only thing that treats ED, the root cause problem. Um, Clinical study after clinical study has said that the science is sound. Some suggest a 90% success rate or higher in eliminating the medication and the ED completely through increased blood flow to this part of the body. So treat what's wrong, not the symptoms. So actually fix the root problem. Fix the root problem. X-rays will show that blood vessels shrivel up and they die as we age. They get clogged up. Maybe the American lifestyle isn't helping us. Um, There's a number of medical conditions that can contribute to this. But bottom line, it's a blood flow issue. That's what ED is. And that is exactly what our technology addresses. And it gives the guys back the spontaneity in the bedroom. 801-901-8000 is the number to call. 801-901-8000. And get a free consultation and a little something extra as well, right? So much for free. Free assessment, free exam, blood flow ultrasound. This is done by a medical doctor, by the way. Um, He's going to go through a complete analysis of you and make sure you're a good candidate for this treatment before you start. He does eliminate people every day. He uh, maybe can come up with a solution other than the treatments, but he'll go through that with you. We're going to give you a, a special gift that produces instant results in the bedroom. All of that is free to those that call us now. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. Give him a call right now. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you. All right, more with David Locke coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Of course, joining us for the entire 5 o'clock hour radio voice of the Utah Jazz, our good friend David Locke. Now, Gordon, before I rudely interrupted, you were uh, posing a question for David. I said that David has watched these guys more than anybody other than the guys on the team, the coaches, and maybe a few others. But, uh, David, interested in your evaluation of the fit on the court between Rudy and Donovan? Uh, I mean, so we obviously will look at it offensively. The fit with everyone with Rudy defensively is great. <laughs> I think that's, that's fair, right? Wouldn't we? Oh, yeah. Here, Rudy, so, you take him. <laughs> right. So, I mean, I think so. If we start looking at Donovan and Rudy 
Donovan runs about the ninth most amount of picks in the NBA. I'm doing some of this off the top of my head. He runs about 45% of those picks with Rudy as the ball handler. Um, it's about, if I remember correctly, it's the sixth most used combination in the NBA. Hmm. So, they, you know, Rudy leads the league in screen assists because he's great at setting screens and Donovan's pretty darn good at getting off screens and, and making plays. If we take the top 100 groups of them, I'm looking at my old notes, so, like, I'm not, I got to be honest, I'm not entirely sure on um, on what day I I did this research. Um, but if you look at the top 100 pick-and-roll combinations in the league, like, they rank pretty well, right? They, they, they're, I think, about 1.055 points per pick-and-roll together. It's, they, it comes out comes out pretty well. Like they rank that, that would rank them in, in, I think the top, I don't know. I'd have to look at it again, but I think it ranks them about the top 15 of any pick and roll combination in the league. And then if you, you know, start to narrow it down and say, okay, well there's 30 teams. So I actually just want the top 60, right. That, that, that actually run a lot. Right. I want guys that have run at least run a lot of pick and rolls that they get even higher. Like some of the you know, mantra Lou Williams and like Jermichael green is like the best in the league. Well, they they've not run, you know, they don't run very many. So you start to, you know, narrow that down a little bit and, and now they're in the top 10 combinations in the league. So, you know, there's, there's little intricacies to each of their games. Does Donovan need to find Rudy more on rolls? Sure. It's a really hard pass. And particularly at six one, it's a really hard pass. And, you know, you start, I think I was talking about this but when the season ended, we did a show about this. I remember driving somewhere and talking to you about this, but if you start looking at the amount of guys in a league who've thrown pass paint to paint passes at the rim, like LeBron leads the league, right? With the mammoth guys he has in Dwight Howard and Anthony Davidson. What was it like? Like how many was it? Like two a game? Something yeah, like that? Something right. crazy like that? Yeah. So, you know, it's not something you're going to see very often. Um, so I, you know, I, I don't, I, I think, you know, it would be nice if Rudy got the ball offensively with a man between him and the basket and can score a little bit more. That'd be nice. Right. Then when they switch on the pick and roll, Donovan could retreat out and go into Rudy. It'd be nice if Rudy, if Donovan had a little bit more of passing vision, you know, his natural instinct is a scorer, and he's never played point guard in his life. Okay, great. We got little things about it. This is, this is the reality of two players that are developing together at the same time. And, um, and I think so there's little aspects of their games that could be better. But frankly, I think they're a pretty good combination together. Quinn Snyder's built the offense around him. Quinn's the master at teaching the pick and roll. And so in turn, statistically, they're great. We asked Chris Mannix this, this same question, David, and he said he thought that they were a good fit. He said maybe not perfect fit offensively, but he did think that they were a good fit. If you were giving, or or let me let me put it this way, if you wanted to turn Rudy into a, an even better offensive player than he is now, whose film would you tell him to watch? So I don't I don't buy the narrative of the question. Okay. So there's people who disagree with me, but I think Rudy's a terrific offensive player. Is he a good offensive player in the sense that you can give him the ball, he can go score? No. But the league's defenses. Number one thing they're trying to do right now is take players off the rim, right? The number one thing in the league right now by every single defense is to not allow somebody to get a shot at the rim. Like Milwaukee's like just allowing you to take three so they don't allow. Okay. So 
Rudy Gobert is one of the le- is the third in the league at 409 shots in the restricted area. Like if everybody could get more shots at the rim, they'd go get them, but they can't. Rudy's taken more shots at the rim than LeBron James, than Anthony Davis, than James Harden, than Russell Westbrook. Montrez Harrell and Andre Drummond have taken more shots at the rim. I don't give a crap how he gets them either. Does he get them on an offensive rebound? Does he get them on a lob? Does he get them on a... I don't care. If guys could get shots at the rim, they would, and Rudy can. And he shoots 76% on them. It's a unique skill that players don't have that is becoming more and more valuable in the league. Sure, is he getting less shots at the rim than he had a year ago? Yes, but that's because the league has adapted, taking that away. And while Rudy might have at times shown frustration this season about it, the fact is he was still one of the best in the league. And for a guy who at times seemed like he wanted more shots and wanted the ball more, he had the third most of anyone in the league at the rim. So on both sides of this equation, I don't buy it. I don't buy what I watch Rudy be like, come on, I'm not getting the ball enough. I'm open. And I'm not, But though I get that it's like, a pain to set picks and run up and down the floor and not touch the ball. I still not buying it. And I'm not buying the narrative that Rudy needs to be a better offensive player because he's taking the third most amount of shots at the rim of anyone in the league. David, you've been consistent uh, with this opinion uh, for quite some time now, probably based on your research. So I, I can vouch for you on that because I remember you saying that uh, if, early in the season and, and mid-season too. So uh good on you for staying consistent with that let me ask you that when the when rudy's gonna get like a jump shot and i'm like never (laughs) (laughs) let let me along those lines let me ask you it's an impossible question and i don't know whether you've done any statistical breakdown on age slash development of players but let me get your speculation here where do you think donovan is on his path on his ascendancy toward where he will be when he's at his best and same thing with Rudy is he have they has he reached his peak yet or is there still an ascent I actually think there's a part of Donovan's game that we haven't tapped yet um some of it's the circumstances in which he's played and and who he's been around and and how he's played I think there was a little hope that Mike Conley might be able to unleash part of Donovan's game And that is, I believe that Donovan is one of the elite shooters in the league. Pure catch and shoot, maybe even Clay Thompson is so strong. I'd be curious to watch him Clay Thompson-esque coming off picks outside the three-point line, getting shots. He's a little small. You know, he's only 6'1", so when you look at the guys who take those shots, it's Duncan Robinson, it's Davis Bertans, it's Clay Thompson, it's Buddy Heald. They're all 6'4", 6'5". And so it's a little harder to get Donovan at 6'1", those shots as a point guard, as a shooting guard being guarded by guys who are 6'5", you know, or so. But I think if you... You know, if you start kind of fiddling with some of the numbers on Donovan and, and you go January 1 of this year, at, or even I think you, if you go February 1, it's actually through the roof, um, and you start playing catch and shoot numbers, you guys are getting me to like back to all my prep. I'm looking at my notes trying to find stuff. I can't even, it's been a month. I don't even know where they all sit anymore. Um, 
But if if you go and try to find the best catch and shoot guy in the NBA, not like one of the best, the the number one catch and shoot guy since February one in the in the I think it's Donovan. So I I think there at least on three point shots, I think there's an aspect of his game that has not been tapped yet, which is actually him without the ball in his hands. I think the next step for Donovan, frankly, I think Quinn was working on this, was that for Donovan, in Donovan's last 16 games, I just pulled it up, he was shooting 53% on catch-and-shoot threes. The only player in the NBA that was better was Seth Curry. But in that span, Donovan's, Donovan's getting, you know, he's taking 51 threes catch and shoot threes in 16 games so you know what how do we get him to take more how do we get him to go from suddenly being three a game to six a game and i think that's the next step for donovan that will make him uh better as a as a efficient offensive player and not having to have the ball in his hands quite as much All right, he is David Locke. Uh, We'll have more with David coming up right around the corner. Stay tuned. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. One more segment with the one and only David Locke. Of course, one more this week. David joins us each and every week. And by the way, this uh, David, this video chat thing is working out really well. You sound great. The sound quality is really, really good. This has been enjoyable. Again. Yeah, we do need to do this again. I agree. So, uh, David, let, let us pick your brain for a second on a discussion Gordon and I were having earlier in the week, and we we wanted to bring it up with you. We actually started this discussion talking about Rudy, and he's playing. He's got a big contract or, uh, you know, uh, coming up. And we started talking about players when they um, have a little bit more motivation taking their game to the next level. And we were talking about how it's not really a comment on their lollygagging or something as much as it is they're humans. And when it comes right down to it, maybe there's that extra level. Do you believe in the contract year bump? Nope. No. Okay. Do tell. There have been a bunch of research projects done on it. And... More often than not, so there's two things to it. One is if there's a contract year bump, you it have to imply that the year afterwards they get worse, right? Right. So what happens is that someone's in their contract year in the natural moment in which they're progressing to get better. Mm-hmm. And so they get better, they get their contract, everyone says it's a contract year bump, but they're actually just a better player, and they continue to be a better player moving forward. If if to do the statistical analysis on it, which people have done and they don't find much difference, you would have to show that someone jumps for a year and then meanders back to a lower level after that. There are certainly probably cases where we thought Benoit Benjamin used to like players like that, but I don't think that's actually accurate. Um, And I think it's also one of those things a little bit to the point of what I'm saying is that we kind of, we make it up and we talk about it. We say, Oh, he's in a contract to your bump. So let's take Boyan, for example, mm-hmm. Boyan, you really easily could have said last year was a contract to your bump, right? Right. He went from averaging 14 points to 18 points. He went from playing 30 minutes to 31 minutes. 
He went from three rebounds to four, and it was his contract year. So that's a great one. Oh, look, contract year bump. Yeah, he's, he's actually better this year. He's averaging 20 points. So it's not a contract year bump. He just got better. Hmm. I wonder David, because – oh, sorry, Gordon, go ahead. Uh, no, continue your thought. Well, I was just going to say, David, didn't you cover Rashard Lewis uh, when he was in Seattle? He's the, he's the one I always think of when this discussion comes up. Well, first his role changed, but I bet you if we dig into it, um, I did call, I did cover him. You know, he was in Seattle. He averaged 22 points a game. Well, the year before he averaged 20, and the year before that he averaged 20 as well. So I don't think he had a contract year bump. He went to Orlando, who had Dwight Howard, and he averaged 18 points a game. They also had Hito Turkaloo, and they also had Jameer Nelson. So he went from a Seattle team where I think they probably won about, well, that was the lockout year, so or it might have been the lockout year because he only played 60 games. So, I mean, I'd guess they won about, if he played 60 games, I'd guess they won about 20 and 40 when he played that year. I happened to know that year. Um, and then, you know, he goes to Orlando, and I think that team won 60 games or at least 55. So he didn't, like, he didn't have a contract year bump. He was getting better. He continued to be really good the next year. He shot a better percentage in Orlando from three. Kind of continued to be a really good player. He then slowed down a little bit at 31 years old, but that's 31 years old. Having played for four, 11 years in the league, that actually happens. David, Jake, what's something, what's something Jake. that you... Yes. Total fail. Total fail? Okay. I, I, total fail. I just, I'm being polite. <laughs> now I'm total fail. <laughs> All right. I'm just asking the questions. That That's just the name that always comes up. I buy your answer. I think you're on the money. Okay. Give me a hard time. Since, uh, since uh, we're on a roll here with, with your passion, David, I wanted to ask you about something that you feel really passionate about that you, you haven't really had an opportunity to express. Is there something uh, banging around in the back of your mind? But how about skiing? <laughs> uh, anything yeah i was i was thinking more along the only, the only one i give a shout out out there to uh i i would just and i i actually like last night was so emotional about this like my son who's a senior in high school was fine and i was like a mess I, I just give a huge shout out to all the senior athletes out there that never got their senior year it just it breaks me like I was a, it could like I was a baseball player. It's all I cared about. It's the only thing I cared about throughout high school was my baseball. My, my, I was such a bad student that if I cared about that, I would have gone crazy. So, <laughs> you know, all I cared about was baseball. All I worked for is baseball. All my self-worth was out of baseball. If I had lost my senior year baseball, oh my gosh. Um, you know, it was everything to me. So, and, and then, you know what, that's, that's fine. Cause that's everything. But there's also the kid who's, like, and I actually think these are the high school players that are the most beautiful thing out there. There's the girl softball player who starts some games and doesn't start others. She's just a part of a team and enjoys it. And she, I, I admire those players more. I, we, we have a really good friend whose kid's an all-state basketball player decided to go out for golf a few years ago, having never played the game before. So she put her, I mean, like, think about putting yourself out there like that. And she put herself out there like that. This was her year, right? Like, this, she was three years into putting herself out there like that this was going to be the dividend and, you know, happened to know her well. And there was a hope that there was a little squat freshman that was going to be able to help her out a little bit along the way. And and they don't ever get that chance. So I, I just feel really, really um, I, I'm just broken inside for these senior athletes. I mean, we're at, we talk sports. I mean, every senior 
who along the way. But my, my son is, I think many of you know, is an alpine ski racer. And he's in a program where they're basically professional athletes. I mean, they work crazy hard. It blows my mind how hard they work. A bunch of his teammates never even got a last race. Right. And, and for those kids, the level there, a ski academy in, in Utah, the way they are, they're literally retiring. Right. They're not just having their time come to they're retiring. They they gave their heart and soul in every moment and, and they never got a last race like that. That is just crushes me. And, and then, as I said, like, OK, that's the highest level. But I, I really feel for that. I don't you know. That softball player who was a part of the team for who went and did JV for two years and wasn't very good and was going to get her senior year with her three best friends who happened to be really good and she was going to be on that team and they were going to have that bonding experience. I don't get it. It just sucks. Speaking of that, David, how are how are your kids? Because I, I worry about kids and, and kids your kids' age for sure going through all of this. I mean, it's it's truly unique. I, I worry about the young souls out there. Um, I'm actually pretty impressed by my, I can only speak to my specific two. Um, you know, it's hard. My son's a senior. Uh, he had this really, he goes to Roland Hall School, which is um, K through 12. And he had this like telling moment where he said, my gosh, I went to school for 13 years with 45 kids. I never said goodbye to. Hmm. Like I was like, whoa. Right. He's like, they weren't like, these aren't like his best friends or anything. All of them. Like it's not like 45 best friends, but they're 45 kids who he's in school with for 13 straight years. And like, I don't like never say goodbye, like never see him again. He literally like and he got it like early. He was like, wow, I might never see any of them again. Um, You know, I feel for them. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm actually impressed by both of them um, on how they've been able to handle this and keep their mental fortitude. I think these kids in this day and age um, are way stronger than we are. We ask I know I, I know all the articles are about their anxiety and all the problems kids are having. That's that's because we're we're jacking them up. Um, <laughs> I, I think these kids are asked way more than we were ever asked out of. I think they live in a world that presents them with a lot more uh, hurdles than we were ever asked to. And I think they're way more mature and way stronger than we were. Um, you know, they you know, so that's that's my I, I, I'm, I'm overwhelmingly impressed with with this generation of kids that's actually coming. And uh, frankly, I'm overwhelmed, you know, the same thing I feel when I deal with our jazz players, like these 25 and younger and 27 year olds and younger kids, I think they're amazingly impressive what, what they're asked to handle. Do you, uh, do you notice any inclination on the part of your kids to follow their old man's footsteps into broadcasting? Uh, one of them might. Hmm. The other one has no chance, has no interest. I mean, one of my kids doesn't like to go to games. Hmm. One of them likes the spotlight. So you got a ham in there somewhere. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, have you been Have you been watching my Instagram account? <laughs> We're only doing one thing in this house. Golf. That's, all. That's awesome. Hey, well, David, this this worked out incredibly well. You're right. We're going to have to do this more. I love it that we had an hour to really dig into stuff with you, and uh, you know, just love it when you have a chance to come on the big show, especially for an hour. Well, thanks. I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was fun to go pull up my, I hate to admit it, but I like took me a minute to find my Utah jazz 2021 prep game, game broadcast sheet there for a minute. And once I found it, I could find all my little, little notes that were, that were there about various, I don't know, number one offense since Jordan Clarkson came. It was fun to have this little sheet up again. And you just can't remember when I updated it. I can't wait, uh, David, until the next time uh, Jake asks you about uh, a contract to your bump. 
Well, I'm just going to let Jake keep. See, this is the thing, though. Like, to even to Jake's point, like, so you can go find the contract to your bump. Right. But that doesn't mean that the con- the phenomena is actually real. I mean, it's also very, like, there's a great book, new book out called The Hot Hand, which is kind of trying to address whether that's actually even real. Like, statistically, it's it's hard to find that the hot hand actually is real. Because... We only remember the hot hand who makes the fourth and fifth and sixth straight shot. We don't ever talk about the guy who hits his first three and then misses his next four and goes three for seven. Yeah, you know what? Isn't that the great thing about stats? You can prove or disprove pretty much anything. Uh, If you know how to read them, you shouldn't be false sucker to that. Well, that's true. But I, if I, and I, I'm sure you can identify with this, is if I learned anything from interpreting radio ratings, is you can tell whatever story you want. Well, I used to, when I was a program director, I used to always say, um, if what I, if what, what I believe the day before the ratings book, I should believe the after, or else I'm, I have no idea how to do my job. Yeah, that's probably a pretty Man, good David, point. those were the days, weren't they? Holy you know, God. I was talking to someone about, I actually was talking to a guy the other day. I thought this was really interesting. He's uh, about 42, 43, and he worked at the XFL. And so he just lost his job. So I was reaching out to him and uh, I was asking him about it. And he said it was the greatest thing ever. And he said to me, do you remember when you were young and you were working with other young people and you had that common? And I was like, yes, I do. Right. I took a swipe <laughs> back to 1320 K fan and uh, our days there and, and all of us in, kind of in the battle together. I was actually talking to Jeremy Castro a little bit today about that whole year as well. Um, and he said, you know, at the XFL, we had that. We had that kind of youthful collectiveness. Um, I've told this story a lot. I got to Seattle. Everybody was making so much money and it was, there was so much on the line. There was no collectiveness to anything, man. It was like, I was like, Hey, I said, I remember I sent out like my first email to the staff about like, Hey, I've got this really neat show coming on tonight. Please, please promote it. And I was listening during the day. And one of the guys goes, Locke emailed me and said, he's got something good tonight. That's how this works around here. <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, it, it, it I guess it's a reminder that we have a good gig and we've got a good thing going at this station right now. And hopefully we can uh, capture that spirit to get us through this sort of thing. I agree. Well, David, always, thank you. It's buddy. always good to have you on, David. It's Thanks, fantastic. David. Yeah. All right. That's the one and only David Locke. Great to have him on for the five o'clock hour. That was a lot of fun. We'll get it up online at 1280thezone.com. But joining us now, our good friend, Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic, still open, still safely helping our listeners with their issues, with their relationships. Isn't that right, Andrew? Yes, we are. We are still open. Um, We're taking your temperature at the door. Make sure everybody's safe and healthy. And guys are still coming in to get their ED fixed. It's kind of unique because there are guys that have a couple weeks off work. Um, Maybe they're working from home. And our treatments typically are two weeks. That's it. Uh, You come in a couple times a week for a couple weeks, and the erectile dysfunction is eliminated if you have partial function left in the bedroom, our technology works really well. Uh, It'll probably give you results starting on the first treatment, and you'll progressively get better. But the acoustic wave therapy, particularly the type we use, has been so effective, so good. One study that just came out showed 92% success rate. 
uh, very high in the medical world. And of course, it eliminates the pill and all the nasty side effects. Right. If you could get back to normal and not have to put up with those other treatments and have that spontaneity back, that just seems like a lot of guys would would really be interested in that. Oh, yeah. Uh, They start out when a guy gets erectile dysfunction, he starts out taking the pill. Then he takes more of the pill. Then the pill stops working. The next step is usually injections, uh, testosterone, maybe doing some other things. and those all come with significant downsides. The injections, as you can imagine, an ugly solution. So many side effects, I won't even get into it. This treatment eliminates all of that. Guys want things to work spontaneously, naturally in the bedroom. And this technology is the only thing that accomplishes that by regrowing the blood vessels. When talking about this subject, even referring to the word injection just sounds terrible. Like, oh, no, yeah, that's, it, no, it does. No, that's not for me. <laughs> no, and, and I'll tell you what, uh, the injections, um, they come with so many side effects that you really can only do it for a few months, and then there's permanent damage, I'll put it that way. All right, 801-901-8000 is the number to call, 801-901-8000, and you're taking all of the risk out of this for our listeners. We are. Uh, call us now. This is the last spot of, uh, of the day and actually the last spot of the week here. So free assessment, free exam, blood flow ultrasound, and a special gift that produces instant results in the bedroom. All of that free just for coming in and meeting with our doctor. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000. Andrew, as always, thank you very much. Hey, thanks so much for having me on, guys. Thanks, Andrew. That's Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic, 801-901-8000. More Big Show next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon, another action-packed day on the big show, and hump day is now behind us. But as we started the show talking about, Wednesday just doesn't feel the same. It doesn't feel like we're over the hump. It feels like there's no finish line. It just feels like one more day, right? There's there's not a lot of connectivity to it. Uh, But anyway, it's been a good show today. We had a lot of fun. Had a lot of fun with David Locke, spending some time with us. And uh, everything was good about today's show, except for the fact that you and Austin don't like the Beatles. Well, I was going to say, I think we proved that there are any number of artists out there that sing Beatles songs better than the Beatles themselves. Every one of those was fantastic. Phenomenal. I've added all of them to my uh, regular playlist. Well done. Well done. I'm glad. I'm glad. I think we had a productive day in that sense. I'm happy for you. I just can't believe you have this sort of disdain for Ray Charles. I just, right. you know, I, I, uh, I, it, I actually, I like, I like those guys. Those are terrific artists that were uh, covering the songs, but uh, they weren't the originals. Great music. They weren't the originals. True. That's true. That was their best. That was the best part about them. But what you can't, Gordon, I can no longer say I don't like Beatles music. I do like Beatles music, just not when the Beatles do it. Just sung by somebody else. Yeah, I get I just, it. I just, I just can't believe this. I, I just, uh, you know, earlier my head was ready to blow, and now I'm, I'm settled back in my chair just uh, thinking, I work with a couple of morons. Wow, why do you have to get personal? It's not like, uh, it's not like Ringo was your cousin or something. <laughs> Did Rico marry Barbara Bach? Was that was that a thing there for a while? Uh, uh, Johann Sebastian Bach's granddaughter? That yeah, her. <laughs> her. I think she was a Bond girl. Neat. If that, if Bond that's like uh, 
if that's like a like a glue, term like anymore. a bond, like an, like Elmer's. <laughs> uh, it was a good show today. We had lots of fun. I'm going to give and, you uh, uh, and a couple of moments of stupidity. I'm going to give you a break from me for a little while, Gordon, because I think you need one. And you just called me a moron, so my feelings are a little hurt. So I think it's probably oh, the, the best time to end the show now. Come on. It's all shtick. You know that. I'll talk to you tomorrow, buddy. Be well. All right. See you. It's the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.